Meta is planning to charge European Facebook and Instagram users a monthly subscription fee. The venture capital spring may finally be here, and European VC firm Atomico raises $1.1 billion. I'm Jackson Fordyce, and this is Venture Daily. The subscription model popularized by streaming services like Netflix and Spotify has officially entered the social media game. Meta is planning to institute a $14 per month subscription for an ad-free Facebook and Instagram in Europe. The company, which has historically insisted its core platform should be free, says it is exploring this option due to a new targeted ad regulation in the EU. Regulators are tightening restrictions on targeted ads, requiring apps like Facebook and Instagram to get consent from users before offering them. Meta hopes the proposed subscription model will allow its platform to navigate through new regulation while still offering targeted ads to non-paying users. According to Sam Schneckner of the Wall Street Journal, Meta officials detailed the plan in meetings in September with its privacy regulators in Ireland and digital competition regulators in Brussels. And the plan has reportedly also been shared with other EU privacy regulators for input. Could this be Meta's attempt to trial a new subscription model shrouded by claims of navigating EU regulatory requirements? For more on that, I spoke with Devin Coley. Great. Hi, I'm uh, Devin Cody. I'm the general partner and co-founder of Outward VC. We're a specialist uh, fintech investor in the UK and Northern Europe. Devin, is this tightening of EU restrictions around targeted ads largely to blame for this move from Meta? Or is Meta just using the restrictions as an excuse to trial a subscription model to gauge how users will respond? Well, I think I think this has to be a trigger, right? And I think that the um, EU Court of Justice ruling in July and the Digital Markets Act were definitely the triggers to allow them to do this. Um, Obviously, in the background, there's a a desire to test out and validate their assumptions, which they've probably already done, around how many people would be prepared to pay, which would allow them to have more of a recurring revenue model as advertising becomes a little more challenging. Um, So I think it's a bit of both, to be honest, but I think the trigger was definitely, you always need a trigger, and the trigger was definitely the, the legislation. Meta points to apps like Spotify and the ad-free subscription on YouTube for other examples of current paid models, but this would be the first large social media app to require a subscription option across its platform. Do you think Meta will see a more negative response from users than an app like Spotify or Apple Music has seen? Yeah, because I think I think Apple and Music and Spotify, these are very engaged, these are, these are very specific um, verticals for music, you're getting a direct service back, right, which is, you know, Whereas I think with a social media platform, you are looking at connecting. You're not necessarily getting so you're you're in half the time scrolling, browsing. Are you really getting a service back? So the question would be, yes, there's messaging involved, but I think this is a it's a different application music. Um so I think you will naturally get people push back on it. Also the demographics are different. Um I think paying users in Spotify and Apple Music are naturally more bent towards um, uh, older, an older demographic, also people who are often in salaried jobs. So I think whereas social media increasingly skewed towards a younger demographic who are less prone or are less able also to pay. So I think there's going to be pushback. It's a question of whether it's justified pushback. Devin, do you think Meta's plan is to eventually institute a subscription model on Facebook and Instagram in the United States as well? I think that would that's a logical conclusion to draw. And I think that actually that's not such a bad thing because uh, I think there has to be an 
as any parent would, t- I'm sure, would justify, like the question of how much time you're spending on your phone and what are you getting back from it. And I think that's particularly acute when it comes to social media. And I think this would, from a from a certain perspective, uh, be very accepting in the US. From another perspective, and I think it would also open up, obviously, from a public markets perspective, allow Meta to, to 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 show more, as I say, a more recurring revenue model, which will in turn help its valuation as it as it's been pressurized. Yes, it's recovered in the last year, but it's also been pressurized by a lot of money wasted on Metaverse and some of the other issues that it's impacted on. That was Devin Coley, general partner and co-founder of Outward VC. Thanks so much, Devin. Great chatting with you. Anytime. Thank you. The long venture capital winter is over and venture capital spring is finally here, at least according to Michael Furtick, a contributing TechCrunch writer and founder of Heroic Ventures. In his article titled Venture Capital Spring is Here, the race that is basically complete, Furtick says that venture wins are changing and that this is a moment for entirely new venture-backable categories to be born. And it's felt like a long winter in venture capital. Since late 2021, markets have plummeted, falling by up to 75% over the past couple of years, and funding has dried up with it. But Furtick predicts that the recent ramp-up of early-stage financing is a sign we'll soon see an abundance of early-stage deals. He says the venture capital reset is pretty much finalized and that the main sign for this is, quote, not exactly the number of deals getting done or their valuations or the volume of dollars they represent. Instead, the most significant signal is the absolute disarray that my self-aware venture investor pals acknowledge feeling and that the perhaps less brave ones profess to observe in others. So is it finally time for optimism? Or is the proverbial groundhog still seeing a long shadow hovering above venture markets? For more on that, I spoke with Johannes Weber. Johannes Weber, uh, founder of Ananda Impact Ventures, um, one of the very early European impact venture capital funds. Johannes, it's easy to speculate that venture is entering a spring and that markets are primed for a resurgence. But are there any measurable indicators you're seeing right now that substantiate that venture is indeed on the comeback? Well, you know... Yeah, you can measure a lot. So, you know, there's great data by, by Deal Room and, uh, and others, for example, that show um, that uh, VC f- funding in, in Europe kind of uh, was was quite a bit down. So it fell by 30, um, um, 39% um, in 2023. And seed funding kind of collapsed, I think, by 25%. So Q1, 23 numbers. Um, but this really doesn't reflect what I see in the market. So what I see is a shift towards companies that are solving um, real needs and not wants. And those companies, you know, get funding. And I would say it's kind of, um, I would also say it's kind of a spring. Um, and, you know, uh, I've, I've recently read this article um, um, and there was a beautiful water metaphor in it. And maybe to, to stay um, in that water metaphor, it's a bit like surfing, you know, so um, a really good um, surfing guide will be able to tell you when a set's coming in. And I think the first couple of these surf instructors are seeing these sets coming in. Now, I'm a horrible surfer, but I'm probably much a better investor than that. So <laughs> I, I would actually go out on the ocean and, and wait for that set right now. Is this a key moment for firms to deploy a surge of capital into the next wave of startups? I think I think that's completely true. So, you know, more than ten years ago, we've seen um, the clean tech 1.0 hype, and um, VCs, investors lost a, lost a lot 
the money on that and i think right now this is just not comparable because we have all uh, the government support now um, for these kind of companies um, and they are solving real life problems that we all experience um, every day and um, i think there's huge room for companies that now really make a change and it's going to be really hard for companies that create these um, these wants and don't solve needs so um, i'm i'm observing that every day people are just um, i see very few people that are agnostic to that i have to say and um, lps i don't know any lp that doesn't um, more or less think about moving in direction or is already doing it johannes historically would venture markets bounce back from investment lows do we see firms also funding into later stage startups that are currently strapped for cash if so do you think we'll see that now too yeah so i think series b has been tricky the last um couple of months or, or maybe one and a half years or so um, but we've we've closed series B rounds you know we've in, in, in some healthcare companies in our portfolio we've closed beautiful series B rounds we're just closing um, a series B round um, on a satellite um, startup where um, you know we've invested into so if you are creating something people want um, you will get funding for that out there but you know you can't uh, raise a series B on a PowerPoint slide <laughs> or on a PowerPoint deck anymore or on you know numbers that um, might eventually at one point come true i think that's something that has changed um, for all companies um, that you actually have to come up with some some real metrics um, that you know will support series B investors to buy into your story and i think this is how it should have always been and in a way it's kind of that was Johannes Weber, managing partner and founder at Ananda Impact Ventures. Really enjoyed speaking with you, Johannes. Thanks for joining the show. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Atomico, a London-based venture capital firm that has backed startups like Klarna and Lilium, has raised $1.1 billion for its latest venture fund. It's the largest raise in Europe this year, eclipsing firms like Highland Europe, who raised $1 billion, and Don Capital, who raised $700 million. Atomico's substantial fundraise, which appears to defy the general tech slowdown across venture, is a welcome surprise in the current strained climate. Large funds have been rare amid rising interest rates and diminishing startup valuations, especially in Europe. According to data from PitchBook, the total value for deals completed in Europe is down by more than 60% to the first six months of 2023. Nicholas Zinstrom, Atomico's founder and the founder of Skype, said in a recent lunch with the Financial Times that he, quote, thought there was such potential in Europe for more companies like Skype to be created. Let's break the Silicon Valley monopoly. We could build the same thing or even better in Europe. Thanks for tuning in to Venture Daily. Today's show is produced by Josiah Simons and Jackson Fordyce. Our theme song was created by Benjamin Cook. If you liked today's episode, please give us an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning.